This is Chris Wolf, and you are listening to the PNG Podcast. Keep your limbs inside of the vehicle, and they will not be eaten. I'm kidding. We'll all be eaten one day. show i think what's that when i wanted to when i was um openly mocking uh jpg about oh his, yeah uh, <laughs> his d-e-e-e-e-e-g-e-e <laughs> me the jpg that keeps trying to hold back the show <coughs> and its association with john pingle yeah first theme. i mean the mix-up today definitely used that when we storm ready set gig <laughs> <laughs> we've been building an angle to launch this show <laughs> Can I just walk in and uh, throw a toothpick at somebody and say, hey, yo? <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> hey, yo. You know who we are, but you don't know why we're here. <laughs> Where'd you get that jean jacket, Bert? <laughs> <laughs> what, you don't have all your jean jackets missing sleeves? <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, you got to have a, you gotta have a suit. Yeah. Like a, a fancy, uh, you got to have a day suit for a day yeah. wedding. You got to have a night suit for night weddings, a tuxedo, and a Canadian tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously no t-shirt under the t- Canadian tuxedo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we, it all depends on if it's formal or semi-formal. Uh. <laughs> this is the PNG Podcast. Uh, I'm, my name is Berto. Uh, Elaine is off helping Lee, Leslie Nielsen find The Undertaker right now. But uh, today we got Danny Groves in uh, from... We are adults. <laughs> is that how you say it? With the question, we are adults? We are adults, yes. I mean, we're grown-ass men that <laughs> talks about uh, anime and comic books and video games, so we're supposed to be adults? <laughs> I mean, I think they're all perfectly fine adult topics nowadays, right? Uh, that was one, one of my th- random thought. A lot of like nerd stuff that got um, kind of panned when you were a kid, like this is nerd shit, but now we're all adults and we still like the same stuff right well i think it's because now there's nobody um trash canning us or uh giving us swirlies or wedgies like (laughs) we make money and we can buy what we want true well after we pay the bills and (laughs) we make the money to indulge the nerd pursuits and then uh there's a recently this kid he uh won 15 year old kid won three million dollars in winning a Fortnite tournament oh i heard about that And then he got swatted, like, a month later. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like, uh, I went to UC Irvine, and I went to visit the uh, campus somewhat recently, which was, like, the last half year. And they have an eSports arena now, which definitely wasn't there when I was there, because I'm sure a lot of us <laughs> would have, like, taken that, that route if it was presented to us at I the time. I could have been pro. God right? damn it. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I could have been a contender. I could have been know. somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, do you talk about wrestling on your podcast? Like, I know you're a wrestling fan. Um, t- much to my uh, co-host's chagrin, I do. Mm-hmm. Whenever I uh, find something interesting or if I go to a, a show, I'll mm-hmm. talk about it. But yeah. the last thing we talked about was the whole, uh, I made him watch a couple of uh, Bray Wyatt's um, Funhouse yeah. skits. 
How did he like him as a non-fan? He thought they were pretty good, like, but he's also has very little patience for things sometimes that I'm into. Oh. Like, was he ever a wrestling fan or just grew out of it or just not? I don't think he was ever really a wrestling fan. Yeah. But uh, he, he tries to mock me, and I agree with him, where it's just, he's like, are you going to go watch the um, the half-naked sweaty men hugging? <laughs> I mean, obviously. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the, the family, or the Firefly Funhouse is a good idea of showing, like, I've been wanting to show those to someone who doesn't watch wrestling, but maybe likes horror just to see what their take on it is. And you said he got tired of him real quick? Well, he, I made him watch. I only made him watch two. Okay. Because I'll send him like a three-minute video sometimes. He's like, oh, I didn't have time for that. Oh. So he wasn't like, oh, this is interesting. Let me watch more. Right. Boo. Yeah, except the most recent one. They uh, they kind of led me on a little bit. I don't know about you. Which was the most recent one? The one where um, he was talking about Stranger Danger with Stone Cold. Oh, yeah, he was talking about Stone Cold a lot on that one. Right, because well, Stone Cold was there for the Monday night, and yeah. then uh, he changed the clock from 3.16 to 11.19. Yeah. And it was like, oh, my God, The Undertaker debuted on 11.19. <laughs> he's going to he's gonna um, attack him. And then, so I'm like, all right, I got a s- s- DVR SmackDown now, so I can fast forward to the good parts. Oh, yeah, totally. I haven't watched uh, this week's SmackDown yet. But, um, so yeah, someone on uh, the R-squared circle found a bible passage with like 1119 in it or whatever it was what was it chapter 19 or it'd be chapter 19 verse 11 yeah or the other way around 1119 um i forget it now but it, it fit pretty well for bray, bray white's character yeah i love i love whenever people see like the smallest thing and they try to make all sorts of fan fiction and fan theories about it and then they get upset when it doesn't happen. Yeah. That's That's just every fan on everything nowadays. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Someone posted a a meme of like Star Wars, like 100 days till the next Star Wars movie. And in my head, it's just like, it's 100 days until people start complaining about this. Well, I saw uh, an old meme and it was The Simpsons and it was uh, the uh, groundskeeper Willie and the principal talking Mm -hmm. about Bart and Lisa and they're like, yeah, brothers and sisters are Mortal enemies like Star Trek, Star Wars fans and Star Trek fans, or <laughs> Star Wars fans and Lord of the Ring fans, or Star Wars fans and, and they listed like seven or other ones, and then it was like, and Star Wars fans and Star Wars fans, <laughs> and then Willie was like, oh man, Star Wars fans ruin everything. <laughs> oh, I saw that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was also a Simpsons uh, episode where, who was it? Comic book guy, was he dating Miss Krabappel? Yes, N- and she broke with the, broke up with him and explained. Oh it. no, it was um, Skinner's mom. I thought. Oh, that oh, no, it was something right. really gross. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you're DC and I'm Marvel. I completely understand. <laughs> 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 what else do you talk about? I've heard the tabletop episodes. Yeah, which I enjoy because I'm not a big tabletop player because it requires social interaction, but I like <laughs> listening to it. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, um, if we do events with the tabletop takeovers, I like to you know promote them or pretty much anybody that you know I try to um, that I've enjoyed working with or listening to, yeah. as far as like that. Um, I've mentioned uh, the show a few times, the Geek Offensive a few times. Yeah, has he Whoop. ever been on your show? Not yet. Political hit. <laughs> 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 Not yet. Right now, my uh, my co-host is. Um, Working between trying to move from Ohio to New Jersey. Oh, so oh. he's still he's still in another time zone. Yes, Damn. but yeah, he just recently got promoted, so now he's working. He's moving from Ohio to New Jersey, mm-hmm. but he's l- working in New Jersey. He's been there for like a couple months working. So on the weekends, he'll fly home, 
pack things and then fly back to New Jersey, back to his hotel, and then mm. work Monday through Friday, and then fly back. He's kind of living like a wrestler, to be yeah. honest, right? Pretty I much, yeah. I wouldn't even want to drive from here to L.A. every day. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's rough. Yeah, so luckily for him, though, because he got, it's like a job thing. They're paying for everything. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so uh, with wrestling, do you keep up with uh, current shows? Obviously, we've talked about this week's Raw and SmackDown a little bit. Like, are you looking forward to AEW? Um, yeah, I don't follow them as much as I used to. I watched mostly kept up through them through the Being the Elite yeah. videos back when they were about ten to twelve minutes long. Now they're like longer than most TV shows. Yeah, they're like what something like one hundred fifty nine episodes in. Right. So if you want to catch up, it's a it's a chore. Uh, it's it's been averaging around like fifteen minutes, and mm. I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. Versus like you know, eight hours of stuff that i may not like from another company that's true <laughs> that, that's why um my uh, raw and smackdown consumption is pretty much the day after the show i'll watch the youtube videos that are about four minutes long the 10 best things that happened on the last night's show oh there you go yeah, yeah that seems like a lot of uh people catch up or keep up mm-hmm. in that met like uh, highlights or gifts these days mm-hmm. yeah because um it seems very staged now, a lot of the stuff. Like, you know, I tried to watch Smack, uh, SmackDown last night, and I ended up fast-forwarding through the matches. Yeah. I mean, that's how I have been watching a lot of Raw and SmackDown lately. So I'll DVR it, and then fast-forward through the commercials. Certain matches I know, you kind of get an idea of how that match is going to end. Or anytime you hear, as Raw rolls on, forward. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you, you you mentioned you didn't watch SmackDown. Are you okay with a uh, spoiler? Yeah, that's fine. So uh, apparently Kevin Owens got fired again? Again? <laughs> again, again? Oh, I heard about this. I think they're talking about moving him back to NXT because NXT is going to be their third brand. Hmm. And then I think they're either canceling or they're, they're going to merge 205 Live with NXT. They haven't figured it out or given it solid dates, but I just know the 205 Live show, it's going to go away. Uh-huh kind of makes sense to merge because now they have to fill two hours yeah but, but i kind of feel bad for the cruiserweight title i'm like it's just going to be a mid-card belt now right yeah and you know nxt as much as they want to present it as a, a third brand which i'm fine with but what do you do with all those uh because it's d- still developmental i i think they're moving main roster talent back there so kevin owens being one I, yeah. i've heard rumors of the iconics going back there I mean, at least they'll be on TV. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the problem is like W. Uh, Vince McMahon is trying to just hoard all the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To let them from going to anybody else, namely AEW. And so he's like, I don't care if we have a place for them or not, just sign them. Yeah. yeah. We'll figure it out later. I mean, if they could find a. Hmm. I don't want to say if they could find a place for them, but they already have a lot of people that they're not using. Right. And I saw a video that talked about that, about how uh, a lot of the wrestlers on NXT right now. Are like not wanting a. They're not even calling it a call up. They're calling it a horizontal move to go from NXT to one of the WWE sh- SmackDown or Raw. Yeah, I think it would make sense for some people who are just yeah underutilized, or kind of make NXT like the workers' brand. Possibly like how the SmackDown Six era was for you know that time. Like all the great wrestlers were on SmackDown. If you could do that with NXT, it would be great because it would present an alternative to, you know the quote-unquote ro- main roster shows, which I guess they're not going to be anymore. Well, that's what they said they wanted to do with uh, SmackDown moving to Fox. 
uh, they wanted to make it more about the wrestling, more athletic, and less about the um, the skits yeah. and the soap opera. Oh, thank God. Yeah, like more sport, right? Yes, because, I mean, they're putting it on Fox Sports 1. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like New Japan... I, I know both the AEW and WWE are saying that. I feel like New Japan's the one that's kind of nailed that. Yeah. Because they have some silly-ass gimmicks, but every win and loss, like, really matters. Yeah. Like, the G1 is the best example of that, and... After watching that, every tournament just seems kind of bullshit to me, <laughs> if I'm being honest. You mean the the current WWE where uh, boring uh, Corbin is wrestling against uh, good old Gable? Barry, good old Barry Corbin? I was so upset when Corbin <laughs> won. So that was the he was a uh, Samoa Joe and Ricochet. It was just funny because I remember reading that. They were building that as a like a launch pad for Ricochet. Yeah, so why didn't they just have him win it in, instead of this dumb triple threat? <laughs> well, listening to the Bruce Pritchard podcast and um, his co-host, uh, Ric Flair's... Uh, oh, Conrad? Conrad, yes. Yeah. Uh, he uh, he always asks him questions like that. It's like, so why did you bury this guy? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, we didn't bury him. We gave him a program with a top-tier wrestler to elevate him. And they're like, yeah. And then as soon as he walked into the ring with that top-tier wrestler... He was on his back getting pinned. Yeah. How how are you not burying him? And they're like, and it, just listening to that show, it makes me realize how much about the entertainment that they care yeah. more about the actual wrestling or the product of in the ring. They care about the put more emphasis on the entertainment than the wrestling. Yeah. And I hope the move to USA doesn't affect NXT in that way, because um, they're so good at you know having a motivation to be wrestling. And then putting on a good wrestling match to, to uh, further, you know, their storylines. Well, uh, Triple H is still uh, at the helm of that. Yeah. Pun intended. At I guess. the Helmsley. The Helmsley. Of that. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I, I did. I did hear that their um, the takeover is going to be affected. Oh, how so? So I think like they're gonna. Like, basically, like, that's going to go head-to-head with the AEW pay-per-views. Because I think AEW is doing, like, four or five a year. Oh. Yeah. I can see that, because they both run Saturday shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that, again, another rumor. Yeah. But, I mean, it kind of sucks, because TakeOver, like, I, I love those pay-per-views. Yeah. <laughs> the show itself's been up and down, from what I can tell, but the TakeOvers have been good. Yeah. That sucks. Cause there's enough room for them to have their own Saturdays. Right, and then I was reading something about AEW, and it kind of makes sense about how everyone's like super high on AEW about how they're gonna put WWE in its place, and then it's like, yeah, but they're doing pretty much the same thing that WWE's doing. They're not really pushing their top talent, and they're putting uh, made Chris Jericho their first <laughs> title winner. Yeah, I mean, that one I can well, understand because he's a name. Yeah, and if you're brand new, like you're establishing the title, then so you can build, you know, babyface like Page, Hangman Page. To like keep going up there because the babyface is only really like popular like during the chase. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like once they win it, then it kind of peters off. But like during the chase, like I think that's gonna make it more compelling. Right, let the heels be heels. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy the fact that Omega like keeps losing. <laughs> yeah, because it would have been too easy for him to just walk in and win everything. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's the other thing they're confused about. They're like, wait, why is Kenny Omega losing? He's supposed to be the best in the world. Yeah. And you said wins and losses matter, but you're making he this guy lose? I think it's playing into an angle for him. Yeah. Oh, I really do. I definitely think they're going to use that, and Kenny's going to knock it out of the park. And that's the thing is, like, 
the only thing that was kind of let a letdown with them was there was no real true end mm-hmm. to the Bullet Club AEW split. Oh yeah, yeah. But that I think that had more to do with injuries and uh, contracts than anything. Yeah. But I it's mean, they've yeah. set up things like you watch the you watch go back and watch Being the Elite two three years ago, and there's just a small little Easter egg line dropped that becomes a major thing. Yeah. It was like two reels. Like, oh, we can't put that in the video. <laughs> 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 yeah. Do, uh, do you watch New Japan also? Um, I keep up on it. I don't. I watched a little bit. Um, I keep forgetting to DVR it. Yeah. I usually catch the um the last couple minutes of it before uh, Women of Wrestling starts. Yeah. Yeah. I unfortunately don't have access TV, so I can't watch it. Um, it's in another. I keep saying it's not available on Spectrum, which apparently it is. It's just in a different package than I have. And I'm like, of I, I course want, it is. I don't want to pay more to watch the one channel for two hours on a Saturday night. Yeah, they just got Impact too. Yeah, yeah. So Access is gonna have all of that. Yeah, Anthem bought Access TV. Yeah. I wonder how that'll affect anything, if it I'm, affects anything. I mean, it's great for like Tessa and Havoc. Because they're both on Impact and Women of Wrestling. Oh, that's true. So <laughs> Do you watch Women of Wrestling? Yes, I watched the first season. Yeah. Uh, we've been to tapings, and it's such a good show. Like It's a good mix of everything. Like a little bit of you know the entertainment we got from Glow, like the campy kind of stuff. But now that you have great wrestlers like Tessa and Kira Hogan and Diamante. So it's a good mix for maybe like new or casual viewers. Definitely. I mean, they have the. It's almost like a, a cheesy horror movie. Yeah. With good deaths. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> Obviously, I've. Uh, you watch bar wrestling. I've. Met, that's where I first met you. Right. We had a chance to meet at a New Japan show. A while ago. Oh, that's right. We were both there. We were both there, and like basically, it was just murdering our phones with so little cell phone reception. <laughs> yeah, the, pyra- oh, the pyramid. <laughs> the pyramid of Long Beach has horrible <laughs> cell phone reception. Oh, did you go to the G1 uh, in Long Beach, this last one? No, I didn't. And it's funny, I didn't even find out about it until like the Friday before. Uh, I just, it, like it was sponsored ad on uh, social meds. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey, I hit my buddy up that I went with last time, and I was like, hey, did you uh, know that they were doing a show this Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, as soon as we walked in, I was like, well, I'm going to turn off my phone because it's, I'm not going to have reception in here anyway. Yeah, like I tried to keep it on for a little bit, and I just felt my pocket catching on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, do you watch any other uh, like local independents other than Bar? Um, I don't really f- watch them, but I I follow a bunch on the social media. Yeah. And then apparently there's a couple wrestlers that follow me for some reason. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe they're fans of um, beer. <laughs> I'm, so I'm guessing. There's one guy out of Portland that's been following me. And so it's kind of interesting to see like what he likes. If mm. it's, it's, a, it's so weird when you get those random follows. Like I got followed by uh, Marty the Moth. I was like, I sh- we've had zero interaction. <laughs> this is weird. Do you have any random followers, Justin? Uh, yeah, like random, like again, same thing, kind of random independent wrestlers. I'm like, I've never seen them before. I mean, th- if, but still, the most notable one that follows me is Chris. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if he if he still follows me, but for a while, uh, Ryback was following me. <laughs> 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 I just I was like, I got this thing, and it was like uh, for a. Sh- show or whatever he's doing yeah and it was like feed me more Ryback is following you and i'm like <laughs> wait is this is this real and i saw so i was looking into it and i'm like dude i think this is him is there a blue check mark <laughs> 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 i 
I don't think he had an, I don't think he had enough followers himself to <laughs> Oh, well. <laughs> I think that's why he needed to be fed more. He needed more uh... <laughs> follow me back. Please. Follow me back. <laughs> <laughs> he has a podcast? Is that what it is? Something like that. He's something, right? Yes. Yeah. It's probably very much like the secret and the self-help positive stuff he's really into. Is it? I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, it had something to do like that. It was like the, you know, his version of the DDP yoga. Yeah. Oh. They tried to turn it to a, a storyline or part of an angle at one point. Uh, I wasn't, I see, I wasn't watching during most of his yeah, run. You like, I, I would like see an episode of him and I was like, okay, cool. You didn't miss anything. Okay. <laughs> I just figured it was like another Goldberg type of thing. Just some beast that comes in and then, but it sounds like he didn't get pushed that far. I mean, he got a title match against Punk, right? Yeah, and, and it's funny because that ended up popping up on my recommended <laughs> this week as I was watching stuff and him coming out and saving JR from CM Punk and the signing when it was supposed to either be John Cena or him. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird because he was popular, but now I never saw him as like a main event guy, at least not at that point. And then hearing stuff about him, it sounds like he was uh, unsafe to work with. Yeah. Oh, I do remember the stuff with Punk. Yeah, like saying stuff about it, like he wouldn't pull punches and kicks. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. So I was gonna say, um, if you want to not doubt my my wrestling nerdiness, (laughs) I can tell you the exact night that WCW merged with WWF. Oh, I have no doubts, but I'll hear it. (laughs) So it was uh, March twenty sixth, two thousand one. Yeah. And the reason I know this. Is because I was on my honeymoon. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> Did you stop and watch? And was she okay with this? <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, so the first part, um, we're still She's married. She's a keeper. So, She's keep- <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say not a no to the second one because we're still married. But yes, we're lying in bed and I was flipping through and I was like, "Oh, wrestling's on!" And she's like, "I'm gonna read a book." <laughs> Which is fine, as long as she doesn't stop you from watching it. Like She's just like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I wonder how it is. Uh, like, Were you watching it at the time of the when WWE bought WWE? Yeah, I remember flipping channels that night. I was like going back and forth. I'm like, oh, it's on both. This is crazy. Because I think I it that actually made like regular news yeah. when it happened. Like regular, and it was like in the newspaper. So I heard about it that day, and then when I watched raw slash nitro that night it was like oh it's the opening storylines on both channels it's crazy i kind of wonder how it is for people who weren't watching or too young to watch at the time to understand like how mind-blowing that was to see a mcmahon on wcw Mm -hmm. and like those two shows kind of going back and forth live yeah when it was still you know a good thing to see shane on tv i was gonna say yeah back then we're like oh my god shane's on tv this is awesome now we're like oh god he's on again oh god please (laughs) He has jury duty, apparently. That's why he hasn't been on. Oh. I'm apparently, hoping. He, apparently, he was free last night. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I was hoping he was going to be stuck in some kind of like OJ case or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he, he made sure uh, to make his presence well well known, unfortunately. Oh, God damn it. And him being on TV so much has almost made me miss Stephanie. <laughs> almost. Almost. <laughs> I mean, her, her rack is a little bit nicer than his, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And not as sweaty. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe what we need is the Undertaker to crucify Shane McMahon this time. (laughs) They'd probably just take each other out. I mean, Taker can't go much longer. Like, (laughs) 
if if you've seen him quote unquote run across the ring lately, it's kind of sad. Taker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's why his entrances take like twenty minutes. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's got to work his way down there without yeah. pulling something. And don't get me wrong, I'm a fan of Taker, but Jesus Christ, you're in your fifties. You had both hips replaced, I believe. Like, d- dude, just. Just go, just hang it up. Like you're fine, and you, you don't need that super deep V-neck leotard anymore either. Yeah, <laughs> he he does need that Saudi money. I bet though. That's that's why he keeps coming back. Does he though? Well, I mean, as rich as you can be, if someone throws you a big suitcase full of money to do something for like four minutes, wouldn't you say yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would. <laughs> I have no training, but I'd do it. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, can uh, can Undertaker throw you through this table for a million dollars? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> he can throw throw me through it for like fourteen dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I mean, you got to ask first: is it a shoot or a work table? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is it one of those Japanese tables? Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So speaking of the Undertaker, you're here as a beer guy. <laughs> 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 I, yes, segues. <laughs> he segues, and you know, just I'm not a big drinker. I like drinking. But I'm super lightweight, so I'm fascinated kind of by, you know, you guys are both beer guys, mm-hmm. so I'm always interested in how like, tasting and flavors and this whole world I have no idea of, but I know wrestling. So I asked Danny on to bring a few beers and match them with his, or at, match some of your favorite wrestlers to beers. <laughs> right. <laughs> like and being a, a not beer guy, I'm like, this sounds brilliant. I don't know if it's possible. But we Wrestle, can do it. Wrestling pairings. I'm sure we, we can probably talk around this. Yeah. No, no. I had actually had a lot of fun thinking about this. Um, and like my first, uh, my first train of thought was kind of like actually doing a pairing where it's like, oh, this beer goes with this. And then I'm like, do I sound like um, Silence of the Lambs? <laughs> Am I just going to bring in some fava beans and a nice Chianti? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I was like, you know what? Do I want to go full basic bitch and bring up The Undertaker? <laughs> And then I was looking through like a bunch of different tasting notes and different things, and I came across for barley wine. And reading it, I'm like, this, this is the Undertaker. If it was, if the Undertaker was a beer, he would be a barley wine. Are we talking? I can see that actually. Yeah. Current Taker, Prime Taker. Oh, the his whole it's it's the the whole timeline of his career. <laughs> nice. <laughs> because um, barley wines, there's there's two different styles. There's the original English barley wine that's very malty and uh, almost like a stout. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Americanish version that's a little more hoppy. Okay. And so you got like the original, you know, dead man, you know, coming out of coffins and then you got the guy riding down on a motorcycle. Yeah. You know, um, it can be just standard kind of light or you can barrel age it and just make it more intense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just reading its tasting notes, um, it, it said that it easily overpowers most main dishes <laughs> and pairs strong pairs well with strong cheese. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, so now I know the tone that has been set for me <laughs> for the rest of the for the rest of the beers. <laughs> I mean, I think I picked the right person for this. Yeah, <laughs> that's brilliant. Because, <laughs> um, you know, it's funny because there's people that talk about how Taker never sold and they hate him. Mm-hmm. But then you hear most interviews, and I've never really heard most top talent m- say anything about that, about him. But 
they all say that he was a great guy and that he worked with everybody. Yeah. And then, you know, and even as far as like his WrestleMania streak, he wanted, according to multiple interviews, that he wanted to end it yeah. before it ended. But Vince is like, no, this is your thing. You're c- continuing it whether you want to or not. Yeah. I feel like you get that with a lot of, uh, like a typical like fan standpoint. Sorry to get off the Undertaker for a little bit, but like even at the height of like the hate for Roman Reigns, it was fans saying, "Oh, this guy sucks." But you'd hear from all the wrestlers, "Oh, Roman's great to work with." Oh, yeah, I, I definitely in his case, like it's not his fault that people were booing. It was just yeah. the, the booking that was he was being put in. So yeah. right, and then the opposite, like near the tail end of his career for Kane, you know, everyone was like, "Kane is supposed to be, you know, the strongest guy ever." Now he's a jobber, yeah. and then you hear about it, and it's like Glenn felt that was his duty as yeah. a, the veteran of his status. Basically, he wanted to repay the favors of everybody that put him over that didn't have to when he was up and coming. Yeah. He should run for mayor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> Kane for president? Yeah. At this point, why not? Why the f- <laughs> so, yeah, so I brought in a Bourbon Barrel OE. It's a barrel-aged barley wine from a Smog City Brewing in Long Beach. Oh, nice. Oh, I like them, yeah. Oh, the taste. Come by. Cheers, boy. Cheers. It's nice. I Ameri- like it. Again, yeah, very American barley wine. It's going to be sweeter because the alcohol content's way higher. So this is what, like 14% or something? You missed it by point one. God. You're fired. Damn it. <laughs> See you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, so barley wines are basically, uh, I'm starting to get into them over stouts. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not quite as sweet as like a, a stout, especially now most uh, breweries are making their stouts into brownie batter. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 You got so much, so many add-ons, but um, this one's got like some, you know, nice little toffee notes, some vanilla, some of the oak from the barrel. Yeah, I like it a lot. I tend to stay away from stouts because uh, I think I've heard, I think it's on your episode of Geek Offensive, I think, where one of you is comparing stouts to like soy sauce. Yeah. Um, some can get like that. Yeah. yeah, so that's the flavor I always get from stout, so I tend to stay away from them. Yeah, but if they go bad, they get bitter and vinegary and mm-hmm. soy saucy. Yeah. And so, and the other thing, too, with uh, uh, barley wines mm-hmm. that makes me think of Taker is um, you can pretty much cellar them forever. <laughs> and mm-hmm. the only thing that might happen is they might get a little uh, oxygenated and show <laughs> their age. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this one... Um, Again, barley wines. You're not gonna be like drinking this all day. You're gonna be sipping them in, in like a glass, a small glass like this. Mm-hmm. You know, one or two of those, and you're, and you're good for the day. Much like Taker, you just need like a little bit for the <laughs> year, and then you're you're fine. We're fine. <laughs> yeah, I guess you know, as a a novice to this, what should I be looking for when I'm tasting beers? Um, smell first, probably. Yeah, smells definitely. You know, that's why I like the the glasses I brought. You know, as as all good pod does, I'll use a visual. <laughs> um, but they have a, a open, angled out top, so that you know you can smell it before you drink it, and even as you're drinking it, because it helps. Hmm. Um, another thing I learned is, um, like if you put your ha- like swirl it and put your hand over it, and then move it away, you get uh, inhale. Some of the, the like the builds up in your hand, you know. Oh yeah, because the uh, yeah the aromatics are being released and they built up in like a little bubble kind of. Yes, yeah. or. Take a take a put some in your mouth and then breathe through your nose. Uh-huh. Oh, and the kind of the air flows over your into your mouth and you can kind of yeah 
because everyone forgets that like your sense of smell is so tied in with your your sense of taste. Yeah, like that's the reason you can have so many nuances and flavors. That's why you can tell the difference between the sweetness of like a cookie versus the sweetness of a cake. Mm. That's why it doesn't taste the same. It's it's through your nose. And and my uh, mother-in-law actually, she got sick a while ago and had to use like a n- nose spray, mm-hmm. and she ended up losing her sense of smell. Oh, what? oh no! Yes. So, unluckily for her, when she eats, she can't smell anything. But luckily for her, she lives on a farm now in oh. North Dakota. <laughs> so it kind of helps in certain circumstances. Yes. Well, I mean, sp- it's probably easier to eat healthy than just because it's like, oh, you don't care what it tastes like. You're just eating. Just <laughs> she usually just throws hot sauce or sriracha on everything. Oh, uh, okay. Does that help? I'm guessing she says yes. So <laughs> you can probably like feel it, yeah. like the yeah the burn a little bit. Probably like it, it's popular as like hot sauces are more popular with like older crowds, just because their taste your taste buds oh, yeah. aren't the same when you're older. It's like the commercials, you know, the burning means it's working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, but the you know I kept going back to the Undertaker too was because you know he came out in 1989. Yeah. I was 13. Okay. So, I mean, that was prime, like, age to, like, love The Undertaker when yeah. he came out. Yeah, and it was a, at a good time. You know, WWF was presenting over the, or bigger-than-life characters, and he was, like, the biggest. And it made sense at the time. I don't think you could pull that off now. An undead they're, zombie they're wizard? They're, <laughs> they're kind of doing it with Bray Wyatt. Yeah. He's, like, the exception. But we also know... Because we've seen Bray before. Yeah. And I think they're trying to get a little more uh, psychological mm-hmm. with Bray Wyatt as opposed to fantastical. Right. Yeah. Where he's like the the yin and the yang, the id and the ego yeah. or whatever. More more psychological thriller than like ghosts and goblins and shit, right? Like yes. Yeah. Like shooting or drawing lightning with your hands, even though he stole that power from Undertaker. That's my thing. If you have that... Why aren't you just using it all the time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I win. Give me your championship belt. <laughs> well, like uh, Kane with the fire. Yeah. Like, yeah. I learned like later. I'm glad I learned it later. Was You could tell if most of the time if he's going to win or lose the match by if he does the f- pyromaniac, pyrotechnics I mean, in the ring. Yeah. Because <laughs> they can only do it once. Yep. So did if he does it at the beginning of the match, he's going to lose generally. And if not, then he's probably going to win. So he can do it at the end. Oh. Yeah, did you ever notice that? No. Yeah. If he if he does it at the end of the match, it's, be, or it's because he won the match. <laughs> Never the other way around. Yeah, so if he blows his load, so to speak. <laughs> if he blows his load early. Oh, man. <laughs> He's finished. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I remember, like, being a kid and going out, and, like, my brother and I would we'd go to the beach and stuff, and I would he was a little younger than me, so I could pick him up and tombstone him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one of the few things that I still mark out over is – and Bray, you know, they kind of brought it back for some people, like the Wyatt family. But when the um, the lights go out, yeah, and the person standing in the middle of the ring, yeah, and he, I don't know if he was the originator, but he definitely uh, perfected it. I can't think of anyone else that was doing that before him. At least not in WWF slash E. Yeah, no. There was an episode of uh, Total Divas uh, a few years ago. It was when Naomi was uh, trying to debut the the glow gimmick. And she said, oh, they're turning off the lights for me. They don't do this for anybody. I'm like, Miz was doing it at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Taker, Bray Wyatt. Any like, surprise, like, entrance? <laughs> 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 Apparently she doesn't watch too much WWE. <laughs> well, 
Well, there was um one of the pay per views they had like the NXT were doing a live crew were doing a live stream, mm-hmm. and like only one guy was actually watching the match, and everybody else was kind of just talking <laughs> amongst themselves. I saw you could see his screen from like behind him, right? Is that the one you're talking about? Well, you could see his like like um, I can't remember what match they were watching, but his face you could tell he was like like just reacting to the to the match uh, and everyone was just like hey uh what are you eating over there can you give me something else can you do <laughs> i'm thinking the opposite there was one pay-per-view where you know the the camera panned behind like some of the crew and this one guy was like had his screen on something else he was playing galaga yeah <laughs> i understood that reference <laughs> <laughs> no no it was um the nxt doing uh okay. like the whole t- the wrestlers okay for um one of the more recent pay-per-views okay and yeah. like people on Reddit were like both uh, defending and uh, or destroying them. Like they don't care about wrestling. Why are they really wrestlers? Mm. Or well, if they all just sat there and watched the match, then it would be boring because it would be a room full of quiet people. Yeah. Hmm. Am I turning red yet? I feel like I'm already red. No, you're still good right now. Okay. It's too it's too early, man. We've got a couple yeah. more to go. <laughs> yeah. You, you also, see. you're only halfway through your taster, so. And I and I poured yeah. you like a half a taster. Yeah. <laughs> I, t- I took Pepsi before this too. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, my wife. Uh, there's a comic that my wife agrees with. It talks about uh, drinking beer like they got to get used to it, mm-hmm. you know, and you acclimate to it. And the yeah. person being told they have to acclimate into it replied, um, "That's not being acclimated. That's Stockholm syndrome." <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's totally the case because my first beer ever was a Stella, and that's pretty light. And I was just like, "This is terrible." But it it just kind of took like when I found out there's more styles. I'm like, okay, let me let me try a few more. I eventually found one I liked, and from there it just kind of like compounded. Then it's like, okay, I can I can go into this. Yeah, with how many beer styles there is, it's not a matter of liking beer or not. It's just finding the one that's right for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then every brewery makes this same style different ways. So. You know, the IPA from this company may not be your thing, but the one from this other company could be. Or you can just go straight into uh, the ones that taste like fruit juice or cotton candy. Yeah. I would pair that with Total Divas. Yes. (laughs) That would probably be the beer that I would be drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Or Bailey. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them are really good. I'm not not knocking them, but that's that's the best pairing. Bailey with, like, (laughs) some fruity beer. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of it, too, because I have uh, a sweet tooth. Okay. Yeah. So just in general, I tend to prefer sweeter taste. Okay. Oh, yeah. so he you probably would like the the chocolate beers, pretty much. Those those are usually really good. I'm not sure. I've like a good port with chocolate. I mean, that's, li- yeah. literally port and chocolate together. Yeah. No, that's yeah. a good pairing. Bottle sure. Logic up the street, they do a really good uh, non-soy sauce tasting stouts that taste like like I said, brownie batter in a mm-hmm. bottle. Mm-hmm. And you got vanilla and cinnamon and pecans and. Um, that the the shoots uh, Black Butte anniversary, they do once in a while. Like that one, straight up tastes like chocolate cake. Hmm. Yeah, and there's a couple of them. There's and it's like twelve, thirteen percent, so it'll put you away too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. Uh, can you explain that when you talk about percents? It's like alcohol content, right? Yes. Yeah, ABV. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Oh, um, yeah. So like, uh, it it's just the alcohol by volume. So, um, like, your hard liquors are, like, way higher. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, your average whiskey, vodka is probably, like, 40% mm-hmm. ABV. Uh, beers, it's usually much lower. Your average beer that you grab, like, your 
Corona or Heineken that's probably going to be around 4 to 5%. So, uh, and, like, a few of those will already, like, get you where you need to go. Yeah. So, when I say, like, this one we're drinking, like, 14.1%, right? Is that right, Daniel? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be accurate this time. 100%. Um, yeah, so, like, this is, that's pretty much, like, drinking a bottle of wine by yourself. So, it, it, it's right up there. Yeah, um, the brewery did one that was, like, 22%, and it came in, like, a wine bottle size. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Bottle Logic had one that was 20.4% or something like that. Yeah, and then uh, Sam Adams has the Utopia every year. That's, like, in the 20s as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you, you hear anything in the teens for beer? That's pretty high. Okay, because your average beer, your average, like, um, what do you see at a bar or something? Like a Dos Equis, uh, Modelo. Those are going to be around 4 or 5. Your craft beers are going to be, what, average maybe, like, 7, 8? Yeah, usually yeah. between like six to nine. Yeah. I just I just like to put those two numbers together. Yeah. So if you're just doing if you're just trying to like keep a constant buzz all day, you go for those lighter beers that are like four to five percent, and then um, yeah, you can drink that all day and you yeah. won't be like fucked up. These, if you try and do that, you're gonna go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Um. I usually drink one of these sometimes, like when I have to go to bed, like. I have the same bedtime as my nieces, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they they la- they react the same way. So like, when you know, they were in like elementary school, and they're like, "Yeah, we have to go to bed at eight o'clock." And I'm like, "Yeah, me too." <laughs> <laughs> like <coughs> pop. <laughs> <laughs> like at, as connoisseurs of beer, you, are there I don't know what to call them, like mainstream beers that you enjoy, or or do they all taste bad to you? It's not that they're bad. It's just that there's no depth to it. You you already know what you're gonna expect. It's like I know I can just throw this back like water. It's not necessarily that they're bad because they do have their function, you know. Like they're they're good for bars. People can go and order a lot of them, and then um, like you said, you can you can drink it all day and keep a buzz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, my uh, sister, her neighbor has a pool and was generous enough to share it with our family. Mm-hmm. And um, I brought some beers over, and you know, I'm if I ha- if I'm at your place, I'm gonna offer you a beer. And I was like, but he just drinks a uh, Coors Light, and he's like, yeah, I don't like my beer to taste like anything. But um, for me, there's a, a brewery in Wisconsin called uh, Kugels. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they have a summer shandy, which is basically almost like a lemonade and a wheat beer. Yeah. And that's like a f- nice uh, sitting by the pool I guess drinking hot. beer. By the summer way, day. if you're ever in Germany, don't order a shandy unless you're with a woman because they will make fun of you. Mm. <laughs> How do you feel about <clears throat> like a lemon wedge in beer? Some a people lemon just, wedge? You know, yeah. like w- with Corona. Like some or a lime. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. Like with those kinds of beers, it's kind of expected, you know? And then it, the, the brewery will tell you, if, like, this is what we intended. Okay. Then, like, okay, I'm going to try it that way. Yeah. Because I, sometimes I've heard people say, that, well, you know, like, there should be no fruit near my beer. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, um, one of the beers that I kind of was thinking about picking was uh, just picking a random stone mm-hmm. beer. And uh, pairing it with Triple H, just because <laughs> when uh, Stone kind of first started, everyone just thought they were like kind of uppity, yeah, because they're like the craft beer and like you know only only certain people would drink those because it's like especially when you're in college, it's like wait I can buy one beer or I can buy like an, a thirty pack. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go for the thirty pack. Yeah. Thirty is more, right? <laughs> but then they got to this point where like in the middle of their like uh, run, where they're basically like. Um, 
making fun of people that drink mainstream beers like uh, no fuzzy yellow beers here and um and had a beer called arrogant bastard and which basically mir- mirrors with his uh degeneration x run yeah and yeah. now basically um like he's kind of like one of the top brewers um greg cock hmm. from a uh, stone okay. and they're kind of taking on bud uh, inbev and they're not in the wrong but he's just kind of douchey about it uh. Yeah, that's been the kind of stigma with that company. Because I love their product. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, that's that's what I keep hearing about the guy. Although they did just didn't they just win that settlement last year with um, Coors over Keystone? Um, they didn't win it. It was kind of they, there was an in, uh, they put in up an injunction. And they actually lost that, so they can keep selling the beer. Ah, uh, but and um, it, it was a label issue. Cause like is that the one where like key was like in small letters? Yeah, stone. It's in stone. It's like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bigger companies will get away with shit like that. So right. yeah, I'm actually reading a book right now, um, taking longer than I would want, but it's um, called Barrel Age Stout and the Art of Selling Out, mm-hmm. about um, mostly about the Goose Island selling to InBev, mm. but it's kind of talking about some of the other breweries that have been selling and their reactions. And this guy's actually gotten like internal memos and stuff. Like he's a his name's Lou Bryson and he was a food and uh, beverage writer for the Chicago Tribune I want to say mm-hmm. and it was a Chicago paper but yeah he uh, it's a really interesting read to see w- like the promises that InBev made and kind of their uh, whole feeling about craft beer. Hmm. What was it called? Barrel Barrel Age Stout and oh, Art of yeah, Selling the Out. The drama within the beer industry you'd think it was a wrestling fucking storyline. Yeah, because, I mean, the bigger companies look at craft, like, well, at least for InBev, I can tell you, like, they put out stuff to, how do I put this? It's called a brand killer. So they'll put something out, like, okay, this is a perfect example. Remember um, pumpkin beers when they first came out? Like, they were kind of, like, um, kind of really popular? Yes. Um, so what InBev, I want to say is, AV directly, but they put out one um, that was super cheap compared to all of them because they're all kind of pricey. They're all like nine, ten dollars for a six pack. So InBev put or not InBev, but AB put out one that was like six bucks. And if you liked it, cool. I'm gonna go for that one because yeah. it's cheaper. If you didn't like it, it turns you off pumpkin beers for good. Uh-huh. So like that was kind of their strategy behind it. It's like oh it. it you know, it kills the smaller companies making those pumpkin beers, and like you'll you'll see that kind of often with you know AB and Bev because that's just how they roll. So, right, and like the main reason why they're buying a lot of the craft beers is, you know, if you got one rep from AB and Viv showing up and they're like, hey, we got Bud Bud Light, this this, plus we also have Goose Island that has a lager, a IPA, a barrel aged stout. Oh, and then we also have this guy is over here that do ciders like. Oh, they have the imports with Stella. And they have yeah. the imports, and they're like, we'll stock your whole bar. You don't have to buy from anybody else. Mm-hmm. So it's like WWE signing everybody up. Pretty Absolutely. much, yes. Absolutely, yeah. Hmm. How did you guys get into like beers in general? Um, About the time I turned 21 is when like some of the earlier um, craft beers, like when Sam Adams was like the new hot. Mm-hmm. Um, There's another Pyramid was another one. There was a couple Sierra, Sierra Nevada. Oh, what the fuck happened to Pyramid? I don't see them around. Are they still around? They're around. They sold. Oh, they sold. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, they're one of the ones that sold. So, um, but yeah, they, they had a Hefeweizen that I would drink. Um, 
And so basically, like, I kind of got into beer, and then I went to an Oktoberfest for mm-hmm. the first time. Got drunk enough that I was crawling to the bathroom in public. <laughs> I want to say it was in the one in uh, Torrance. Yeah. Oh, boy. I think I've driven by that place. Like, where they, they have it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I was so drunk that, like, I was sitting at a table with benches that had no backs, and basically I had to um, be, like, have my head down. Yeah. Because if I tried to set up, I fall would just back. fall backwards. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I remember uh, at one point, I kind of looked up, and this girl had joined the group. Super cute. And I just was like, oh, hey, how are you? And I started to fall back. And then one of the guys with his uh, girlfriend was our DD and she, uh, slash my babysitter yeah. at that point. And so I started to fall back and she just put me back down. I'm like, okay, I'm just told the girl. I was like, I'm just, I'm just going to put my head back down again, okay? <laughs> uh, for me, it was just from uh, just working at BevMo. Like mm. I was working in retail forever. And then I just um, – one, it was the only thing I could afford at the time. Like yeah. beers, the the ch- out of like beer, wine, and liquors, it's like that's the cheapest one. So that was the one that easiest for me at the time. And this is all the time I'm I'm in college mm-hmm. at this point. So um, I just kept trying different ones, and I eventually became a beer nerd, and then eventually I became like the beer guy at every store I worked at. Yeah. So yeah. It, it did help that you had like access to all these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It it did get kind of. I did get a little worried when I was like, one day I decided to count how many I've tried. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, cool. I've tried over 50. I've tried over 100. Oh, no. I've tried like way over that. That's This is too much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to really feel bad, have you uh, been using the uh, untapped app? Oh, I, I specifically chose not to use it for that reason. Because I'm like, um, I'm probably like in the four or five hundreds, if I'm being honest. It's, but it's like it's like Pokemon Go for beer. Ugh. <laughs> you got you got to catch them all. Oh man! And then and then nowadays you just feel bloated after. I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. So Untapped is a beer rating service, uh-huh. and they came out with an app. And as any good app, it has prizes, awards for oh. trying so many beers, different mm-hmm. beers, like whether you post a picture in your review or not. So yeah. it's basically like Pokemon where you can just collect all the badges. Yeah, just reward you. Like, drink up, you drunk. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, last year they did a thing where they did seven cities in seven days. Mm-hmm. And it was like the top seven cities that had check-ins at the br- uh. at breweries. So then they're doing it again this year, but like excluding the s- previous seven. And it just happens I'm going to be in Denver when they're going to be there. Nice. <laughs> um, actually, they're going to be in San Diego this Saturday. Are you going to be in San Diego? No. Oh. I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a designated driver, but um, I'll be at the one in Denver because I'm going actually going out there for a Great American Beer Fest. Yeah, I feel like that would have been a bad app to have in college. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like this uh, brewery by me. They had, by the bathrooms, they had a breathalyzer, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was cool until you realized that at college kids just want to get the high score. Oh, uh, Yeah. <laughs> It's not about it's not about quality when you're that young. <laughs> I was gonna say, like I never got into like the beer thing. I mean, uh, different beers were available mm-hmm. at Irvine. We actually had a pub on campus, which I think was the only school that had pub on campus, like literally in the student center. Nice. Um, but you know, at that age, I was like, "Oh, MGD on tap. Let's get drunk." Yeah. Like I wasn't, you know, exactly. I didn't care about like, oh, let's try this I, new. Flavor. I would compare finding new craft breweries mm-hmm. like. Um, finding a new indie wrestler 
Uh. Yeah. Because it's like only a few of you know, and then when you find each other, it's like, cool, you, you know what's up. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and as a matter of fact, one opened a second location recently in this, the area, and one just opened like with last week in the area. There's, so there's um, Gunwale Ales, which is based in Costa Mesa. They opened a location like right around the corner from the uh, Chapman Crafted in the Orange Circle. Okay. And then um, Brewery X. Just opened up basically at La Palma and uh, Kramer. They're sort of going for these wrestling names. <laughs> <laughs> Gunwale sure X. <laughs> this got to be a lot of crossover, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I listened to a podcast, uh, beer podcast, and there's three guys, and like when they do their v- ratings of the beers that they taste, the main guy does it based on like obscure '90s video games. <laughs> the other one just does it on whatever he feels like, and then the third guy does it on. Uh, Wrestlers. Huh. <laughs> What's that one called? That um, sounds interesting. It's a m- malt couture. Okay. <laughs> and the guy that, the main guy that kind of started or whatever, his uh, beer, bl- like a uh, reviewer slash blogger, uh, don't drink beers. <laughs> sounds like something that you'd be into. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to check this out. Yeah, he has a f- uh, group uh, known as the Barley Wine is Life. Huh. I mean, after chasing oh, that, I could see why. Man, there's a barley wine festival in San Francisco, and I'm kind of like, how do you, how does that last more than a day? Everyone's just fucking wasted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went to a beer festival slash ska concert. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's like a OC Brew Haha is what it's known oh, as. Oh, no, no, I've been to that. But yeah. this year, because they had all ska bands playing, it was the OC Brew Ska Ska. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> they also have the Brew Ho Ho in December. And then they have the mm. Brew Hee at the opening weekend at the Orange County Fair. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard it. Well, I've heard. Oh, I haven't heard the one at the OC Fair. You said yeah. yes. It's the first oh. Saturday of the OC Fair. The Brew. He- for actually, it's the first whole weekend. The Brew Hee Haw. Uh, yeah. And the hangar right there. And then, did they have breweries at the Sabroso thing too? Yes. That's yeah. A taco beer festival. Basically. Yeah. Because they actually have wrestling at that one. I've heard of that one. Yeah. Because of the wrestling. <laughs> yeah. And then you know, of course, you know you have. Um, Bumps and bruises. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I haven't been to. Have you been to those shows? No, I have not. I, everything is on Sunday nights. Yeah. And Monday morning, I usually have to wake up at like one o'clock in the morning. Ugh, Jesus. It wasn't this year. Was the one they had last year? Was that Boom Temporary? Uh, one of my friends posted a picture of them setting up the ring. I was like, "Wait, you're a wrestling guy? I didn't know you're a wrestling guy." He's like, "No, I work here." <laughs> I was like, "Why did you not tell me that there was wrestling at your bar?" I would come to that. Yeah, it was funny. The first time I took my uh, wife to bar wrestling, actually, it was my first time there too. But um, she, we were pretty much front and center, like right directly across from where the hard cam would be. Mm-hmm. And I ca- Scorpio Sky and I can't remember who who was wrestling, but they ended up like at our feet. Yeah. And um, like at one point, I was like the ropes, like Scorpio Sky had the guy up against me, just like going yeah. full <laughs> Ric Flair on him. <laughs> But then the guy was on the ground, and my wife, being the compassionate, caring soul that she was, was like, oh, my God, is he okay? Are you okay? <laughs> Are you okay? Like, And he was like, you could tell that look in his face, like, he had to sell it, but he also wanted to reassure her that, yes, he yeah. was fine. <laughs> That'd be funny if I uh, beeped out Scorpio Sky from this. Uh, <laughs> Elaine's not even to. here. No, I'm not going to. Yeah, there's no point. Why yeah. is that? She, uh... Uh, that's her like wrestling crush. That's, oh, that's her hall pass. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually isn't, isn't that everybody's hall pass? 
I mean, he's a good-looking man. Yeah, <laughs> admit that. <laughs> him and him and the Rainmaker, I guess, would be my two wrestling. Uh, oh yeah, all passes. choices. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of Elaine, it's actually your birthday, so let's raise a toast for her next one. What's what's your next uh, wrestler next year? Oh, yeah, so this one, <laughs> yeah, um, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Nice. <laughs> I found the scotchiest of Scottish beers I could find. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, Scotch ale brewed in Scotland that's been barrel-aged in multiple vintages of scotch. So basically, it's uh, there's a 12-year, 16-year, and 18-year reserve barrels that it was brewed in, I mean, aged in. Oh, nice. And so I figured with, uh, with him, uh, with the bagpipes, the kilt, they went as Scottish as you could go. Yeah, and I'll, I'll make sure to take a picture of all these bottles and the Posted on our our page when uh, this episode goes up. Yes, I f- this was like the the fanciest one I saw for Scotch, and I was just like, okay, let's let's see how many barrels you can age this in. <laughs> Have you tasted it? Uh, not yet. Here you go. This is a little more rough compared to the barley wine. I'll give you. Cheers. A little bit. Okay. That's nice too. Actually, like uh, it's actually lighter than I thought it would be. Yeah, it's, oh, it's at least on your like. Uh, Mouthfeel, you know, like it, is it, it doesn't like coat your tongue. No, and it doesn't burn. It doesn't taste like burning. To quote uh, Ralph Wiggum. <laughs> hey, you guys can't see this, but Danny gener- generously poured less <laughs> in this this glass from <laughs> on this one. <laughs> there's there's more in the bottle. It's, easy, it's easier to take it out of the bottle than it is to put it back in. That's true. Like, is this the first time we see drunk Berto on the show? No. <laughs> Probably. Like I said, I'm not a big drinker. I mean, I enjoy drinking. I just I don't drink often. It's rare. I might have to make my wife my DE and your DE. <laughs> no. I'm not that bad. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Yet. So, uh, but yeah, um, I've always been kind of drawn to the heels. Yeah. And just the pageantry of, you know, the last one, wrestler, The Undertaker, and, and Rowdy Roddy Piper with, you know, his entrance... The bagpipes, yeah, you know his show where he basically was the starter of all feuds at some po- at one point. Piper's Pit, yes. Yeah, I feel like Piper might have been the first heel that I actually was a fan of, and even th- you know I was a Hogan fan, like most of us were growing up. But he was that first one. I'm like, I actually like this guy. See, that's why I liked Piper. Is yeah. I was never a Hogan fan. Mm. Like, did you? Maybe not then, but ever watch the cartoon? I remember it. It was on CBS. Wait, Piper had a cartoon or Hulk Hogan? They had a WWF. I know, Hulk, I know Hulk Hogan had one. So oh. it was basically like Hulk Hogan and his faction against Roddy Roddy Piper and his faction. Oh. Yeah, so like uh, Sheik was part of the heel faction. Yeah. Slaughter was with Hogan. I remember there was an episode. Junkyard Dog was there. Yeah. There was an episode where I think that it was the baby faces wanted to work out, but they didn't have a gym or something, but they had a monster truck. So they took the tires and the axle off the truck and were benching the axles and tires. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, my mom used to work for the Orange County Register. Okay. And she worked in uh, outside sales for advertising. Mm-hmm. And so she would have to go and try to get people to convince them to put their uh, propaganda in her paper. Yeah. And she ended up going to a um, – oh, what was the name of that gym back in the – 80s, uh, 90s. Gold's Gym. Gold's Gym, yes. Yep. She went to a Gold's Gym, and uh, Piper and Hogan were working out together. <laughs> and I'm like, did you just ruin the illusion for me? 
It's real, right? <laughs> it's kind of like when a hacksaw and iron sheet got caught together and it had a possession of marijuana, but they were in the same car while they were feuding. <laughs> Which makes sense, like on a logistics standpoint, you can plot your angle that way. Yeah, like if you travel together, you know. Yeah. Or you can just get high. To, well, yeah, you can get high together and plot your angle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, when a Rhonda was wrestling, I really wanted her to recreate the uh, Piper's Pit thing and smash Tamina with the coconut. <laughs> 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 I wanted that to happen so bad. But she would have had to um, have any semblance of mic skills to do that. That's true. That's <laughs> yeah. That's the one big drawback with her. I was like, she's taking the in-ring stuff okay, but it was yeah, I mean, she on the mic. It was she got solid in the ring really quickly. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense because you're such a uh, top tier athlete but yeah. yeah on the mic was it's kind of rough and she didn't like getting booed yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's i mean that's the point of being a heel if mm. you're not getting booed then you're not doing your job yeah oh god i'd love it if i was if i was in wrestling i'd be a heel for sure i <laughs> <laughs> that that seems like way more fun than being a baby face yeah and you get away with more like yeah oh absolutely can you, you brought up the term mouthfeel. What is mouthfeel? Um, it it's pretty much just. Um, I mean, duh. Obviously, how how it feels in your mouth. But th- does it is it really viscous? Does it like cover like your tongue and like all the different surfaces in your mouth? Uh, is it really light? Is it watery? Um, it, that's really what I'm referring to. Is there a preference to that? Does everyone have like a different? Oh, I'm sure everyone has their own personal preference. Um. And then with certain styles, like, y- you wouldn't want, like, a lager to feel kind of viscous, you know? Because mm-hmm. that's kind of a light one you're trying to throw back. You wouldn't want that one to feel, like, thick. Um, but with the, but you see it more with, like, barley wines and stouts, especially. Um, this one was, um, I was expecting something a little heavier in that regard with this one. But uh, it's, it's not. It's actually a little lighter than I was expecting. Um, not too sweet. Um a little more balanced than the last one, I'd say. Right. Um, there's a stout called uh, Old Viscosity. Mm-hmm. And when you pour it, I'm sure working. But yeah, I've seen that one. But basically when you pour it from its vessel into a glass, it's like you're changing your, the oil in your car. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Straight up motor oil. <laughs> I was like, what the f- <laughs> You kind of have to like laugh as you're pouring it. You're like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> How does that taste? It was really good. Uh, a really rich... Um, think that barley wine, but way more intense because mm-hmm. it has like the oaky vanilla, a um, little bit of chocolate, just really fucking intense. You know, I noticed when I hear people talk about beers, when people are fans of beer, I always hear about ales and stouts. Like I hear more. Do you guys like lagers? Well, like um, up until recently, lagers was kind of seen as like a bad thing. Lagers and pilsners. Okay. Because those are mostly like what the mainstream brewers make. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, though, you know, when you're a brewer, you don't want to drink heavy stuff after, you know, kind of s- tasting what you've been working, making all day. You know, cause you mm-hmm. it's like being a chef. Yeah. You you can't be a chef and not taste what you're cooking because you don't know if it needs to be seasoned or if it's ruined, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's different phases of brewing where you have to taste it to make sure it's coming along. And then at the end of the day, if you want a beer, you want something just light and refreshing. And the other thing is with like lagers and ales is, um, pilsners, I mean, is that... um. They're actually kind of hard to make, and they mm-hmm. take kind of a while to make. 
versus like an IPA, you can throw, you can brew one and just let it condition for two weeks and you can put it on tap and sell it versus a Pilsner might take six weeks. Okay. Yeah. And also, um, you can tell immediately when a lighter beer goes wrong. Like it's much easier to spot. So that's where I do give the bigger breweries like some credit, like consistency wise, it always tastes the same. The same. Um, whereas with like a, let's say a double IPA or something, you can keep throwing ingredients in it to like hide whatever goes wrong. Mm. But if it goes wrong in a light beer, you're like, that's it. You got to throw it out. That's I think my familiarity with lager is because San Miguel is a lager. Mm-hmm. Uh, if yeah. you don't know, San Miguel is a Filipino it, it's beer. It's still the most popular style of beer across the across the globe. Mm-hmm. Like it's just because it's the most accessible. Yeah. And like I w- I would equate like finding those like ales and stouts and stuff like that's you know for your your beer enthusiast because there's more to dissect. Um, but it I would equate it to like any wrestling match where there's a lot of like technical work and a lot of cool spots and like really like the in-ring stuff is really like um, really tight and complex mm-hmm. versus your lager is like I don't know a, a dumb gimmick match for the laugh or a hardcore ma- or a car just any car wreck hardcore match you know yeah or it's just like you know what it is it's just supposed to be fun and easy to digest and that's it is what it is yeah you know it's it's basically um if you're not into it you can go use the bathroom or you can sit there and enjoy the match (laughs) 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 all right so what do you got next for us um this one right here is from bottle logic it's their uh, details and dialects it's a barrel aged peach cobbler Hmm. strong ale and um the for this one i kind of thought kurt angle okay because you know everyone thinks Kurt Angle, you know, he's Mm All-American, Olympic athlete, gold medalist, and everyone kind of puts that with uh, apple pie. Yeah. But Kurt Angle wasn't the apple pie kind of guy. Yeah. Um, And just like Kurt Angle, this isn't just your basic peach ale. There's a lot of things in it that might not be in it normally. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So this one's got uh, cinnamon and vanilla. Actually, Vietnamese cinnamon Hmm. and Madagascar vanilla. I mean, it, it's, I've had this a few different occasions, and it tastes like somebody pureed a peach cobbler. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> you can smell the cinnamon and the vanilla. Just I can smell it immediately. Oh, yeah. Really strong in that. Oh, that's nice. Good fall beer. I was about to say, I feel like I could drink this next to a fire. Yeah. But, um, and you, you know, we were talking a little bit ago about how uh, heels have more fun. Yeah. Um, years ago, I was at Target with my wife, and she was uh, trying things on. Mm-hmm. And I was just trying to kill time, as all good husbands do. <laughs> and it was when a Kurt Angle's book had come out. Yeah. And so I was just kind of thumbing through it and just stopped at a random page. And it was kind of talking about how he preferred to be a heel over a face. Yeah. Because he said it was way more fun. Yeah. He can oh, do, yeah. He can do things that he could never do as a face, um, which kind of put, changed my perspective on him. Because, you know, when he first started, he was the all-American, the hero, the, you know, never do anything wrong. And then he kind of became whiny. Yeah. And a lot of people turned on him because of that. They're like, this guy sucks, and he's whiny. Yeah. And then I read that book, and I'm like, dude, this is all an act. Like, he's he's <laughs> out there, like, having the time of his life. Yeah. And, I mean, even now, as he over-embraced the, you know, you suck as part of his uh, intro theme. Yep. Um, I think he just revels in everything. The booing, the, you know, I mean, within reason. Like, you know, you don't want people throwing things at you or, you know. 
attack trying to attack you in the ring, but just the the people that kind of go along with it. It's like when you're at bar wrestling, you know, you can't help but get involved in the match yeah. verbally or something. Yeah, one of the things I loved about him as a heel is that he could be a comedic heel. So he could be funny and do silly things outside mm-hmm. the ring, but because it's Kurt Angle, you could you knew you could take him seriously in the ring. Oh like, yeah, small cowboy hat angle <laughs> is still my favorite angle. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, hearing him and Steve Austin talk about that was pretty hilarious. Yeah. And he was I was thinking about that too. He's kind of like uh, the old Star Trek. Mm-hmm. You can, without hearing any sound or anything, you can tell whether it's the, the face Kurt Angle or the heel Kurt Angle, depending on the color of his mouth guard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like his goatee. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, uh, you know, coming in straight, coming in out of the Olympics, you know, he was the, the golden boy that was promised. It's like, no, no, he's a real wrestler. Yeah. And then, I mean, part of me was like, wait, so what are you saying about the rest of your lineup? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, when he, I think it was in his first negotiation, like to sign with the company or with WWF, he didn't want to lose any matches because he was a real wrestler. <laughs> so and I think that was the snag in like his first negotiation. Right. And I can understand that. I mean, and that's probably kind of also where uh, Ronda Rousey was coming in with her not wanting to get booed and yeah. be treated a certain way because she's like, no, no. I mean. I can destroy anybody in this locker room in real life. And yeah. they're like, yeah, but there's a reason why there's that extra E at the end. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, she got booed in the UFC, too. <laughs> that that was more for different reasons. I know, so, yeah. but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, with her, like, yeah, that's always been kind of a thing. She hates getting booed. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if you're not expecting it or you think that you're, you know, the champion, why am I getting booed? Yeah. I don't know. Some people just don't have the, the skin for the heels. Yeah. I don't know. As I feel like it'd be more fun to be a heel. Yeah. But oh, no. I'd, if I was a heel, I'd be relishing the boos. I'd do that Hulk Hogan thing where you're listening to the crowd and be like, yeah, just keep booing. <laughs> 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 right. Like like I said with Kurt Angle, you know, for the longest time, like when they first started it, you know, because this song is like, dun-dun. And in the between the beats, the crowd would yell, "You suck!" Yeah, you suck. And so at first he would, uh, he would hate it. Yeah, and he would get mad and like basically throw a temper tantrum. It yeah. was, but, and, but it was hilarious. Now he just comes out and he do, almost does it like does the beat with them, like to let them, you know, like an orchestra uh, conductor in an orchestra. Yeah, I remember he like he'd been injured and he came back and the crowd started uh, chanting, "You suck!" Mm-hmm. Like he was just soaking it in. Like, yeah. It was just good to hear again. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I think it's when he was with the world's greatest tag team. It's like they like they said uh, Charlie Haas said something about that. It's like they chant "You suck," and then Kringle goes like, "Yeah, I earned it." <laughs> and then like was and he got this huge pop after that. Yeah, e- even in his last match uh, at WrestleMania, like people were still chanting it, and he you could tell he was loving every second of it. Yeah, or when they have the reunion shows when they just hobble out all those many old people as they can <laughs> that was fucking weird i saw that was the, i think that was the last raw i watched all the way through and i kind of regret it the raw reunion that was terrible absolutely terrible <laughs> well it was like it seems like it was like a mix of two things because that was like it seems like it was planned pre bringing in uh paul Heyman, eric bischoff oh, yeah yeah, yeah absolutely. and then paul Heyman came in he's like no no i'm gonna do my thing and they're like but we have the reunion plan he's like i don't give a shit i'm doing my thing <laughs> yeah also, RVD was the only one. RVD was there, which is a surprise because he's with Impact. Yeah. And then 
two, he was the only one dressed ready to work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what they tell you to always have your gear ready. Yeah, um, I was, you know, again, get, go down the rab- YouTube rabbit hole. Yeah. And it was um, Mr. Kennedy uh, playing What's in the Bag on one of the sh- networks. Yeah. And the guy, like, apparently he thinks all wrestlers are drug addicts because he was pulling out, like, crack and cocaine. and. But then he uh, he pulled out a bag of weed and Kennedy, he's like, oh, the green stuff. And then he just did the, the pointing <laughs> at his shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you didn't even have to say any, You don't even have to say the name. Yeah. Well, there was RVD four twenty, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of those like um, I wouldn't even say known secrets because it's not. Yeah. But, I mean, that's part of the lifestyle. You're on the road all the time. You're constantly hurt. I'm not surprised people, you know, look to, you know, controlled substances as like a a release. Yeah. And there's only so much blue chew you can take. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's it's you don't want to you know you don't want to have that raging erection on the whole road trip, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you do. Maybe that's your thing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, aren't you supposed to consult the doctor after a certain amount of time? <laughs> Four hours. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just we're driving from uh, Illinois to uh, Indiana. That's less than four hours. Blue chew it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but uh, but then you had me bring in uh. Oh yeah, there's one more. <laughs> oh, there's one more. Oh shoot, what do we got? Unless, unless you want to call it. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I just want to extend my right hand <laughs> and offer you a broken skull IPA. Yes, I've been waiting for this. I haven't tried it yet. Okay, and I, let, and me, I, let me. And I promise you, quick. I won't fucking uh, stun you. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually one of my favorite parts of. The Monday Night Raw that I watched. Oh, um, when Stone Cold was with um, um, AJ Styles. Yes. And AJ was great in that role. You know what? That's another one of those where they're like, we're not burying them. And it's like, how are you, what do you mean you're not burying them? Every time they come out, they get destroyed by uh, whoever's in the ring. Like whether it was the, um, the click or, um, you know, Steve Austin. Now, here's the thing. I'm not really an IPA guy. Okay. Um, certain hops to me taste like, the, you know, when you have your Christmas tree up and you put it up like right after Thanksgiving and you take it down about a week or three after New Year's mm-hmm. and there's that water that's just like <laughs> piney and yeah. thick. That's what I think drinking an IPA is like sometimes for certain hops. Okay. Cheers. You definitely smell some of the the pine and floral scents. Yeah, the smells great. It smells sweet. Oh, that's good. I, I I'm honestly more of a hop head, so IPAs. That's usually where I'm at. Yeah, so I'm gonna read the the, nice. the words on this one. Broken Skull IPA, a badass 6.7 percent Indian pale ale, designed by Steve Austin and ESBC for the working man and woman. It features Citra, Cascade, and Chinook hops to deliver a big flavor with an easy finish. Now stop reading and start enjoying this awesome beer. <laughs> Cheers. So Steve. this is this is just high enough in alcohol that like I wouldn't do that thing at the end of the match where he <laughs> pounds like six of them. Like y- this is just strong enough where I wouldn't do that because you'd be drunk. Yeah, it's six point seven percent. Yeah, and it's a sixteen ounce can, so it's not like 
you know, drinking a Budweiser in a 12-ounce can. No, you're, you're going to feel this after one or two. <laughs> I remember seeing him at uh, the pond or the Honda Center. The Ponda Center? The Ponda Center. Oh, <laughs> oh I like that. Movie. Finally, like yeah. I call it that. Someone else finally did. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he, he uh, was having his beer bash as Raw went off the air, and he just kept going. You could tell by the time he, like, uh, left the ring or headed backstage, he was totally fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, having a great time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you yeah, ever get to watch uh, Raw, like, live back in the day or during the Attitude Era? No, I didn't. I haven't been to... Uh any live events. The only, the only live events I've been to has been uh, bar wrestling, so mm. I'm kind of spoiled. Yeah. Oh, and I went to one uh, New Japan. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Actually, no, no, I take that back. I've been to a good New Japan and the worst New Japan ever. What was the worst one? It was the one when Trump did all the visa embargo stuff, and so literally oh. none of the wrestlers from Japan were at the show. At the Globe. Yes. Oh, yeah. my God. I mean, it was cool, except I paid way too much to see wrestlers that I see pretty much every night at bar wrestling. Right, you're yeah. paying for, like, you know, Naito and Ibushi. I don't know specifically, but you're paying for Naito and Ibushi, and you're just I getting I just, you know. I want to um, be, be rained on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, remember, I remember being bummed that I didn't get tickets to that show, but by the time, like, it happened, I was like, oh, I'm glad I didn't go. Yeah, and I talked to a couple of people that were there, and they're like, yeah, I bought my tickets today for, like, 10 bucks yeah. on the floor. Yeah, it was probably just, like, you, you paid for this, and you got... Just the LA. Dojo. Oh, and we had like <laughs> we had like shitty seats. Mm. We were up in the balcony, so we could only see the, like we couldn't see the front of the state, front of the ring. Oh. And ninety okay. percent of the action was outside of the ring in the front of the ring. Ugh. But like, I mean, like Brody King, it was like the debut of like the Brody King, uh, the Villain Enterprises. Basically, okay. it was like their first match. But mm. that, I mean, there was literally nobody from Japan there. Yeah, so it was basically a bar show at the Globe. Yeah, pretty, pretty much, much with like Marty Skrull and like Colt Caban, even though he. Dunbar wrestling. Yeah, I, I chanted. I chanted about his dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this Stone Cold is knocking out of the park with this. Not doesn't feel heavy, but it it tastes really substantial. There's enough there to like dissect something. There's like some real flavor there. It's not overpoweringly bitter. So, I mean, there's a reason why this is a, a mainstay in their lineup. It's yeah, not, I mean, a brewery. If it was bad, they would probably just be like, yeah, this is a one-off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I wonder how much of a hand he had in uh, making it. I know he, he's, he goes there all the time to El Segundo. So so what usually happens when you have these like celebrity sponsorships, with, and not just with beer, but with like alcohol, wine, anything, like the, uh, the, the producer, the brewery, winery, whatever, they'll present them with a few batches. Okay. And then they kind of like go off like, oh, the, I like that one. Yeah. And then maybe they'll try, they'll tweak it a little bit more after that. Mm -hmm. But usually it's not like the celebrity has like, they're not hands on. Like Stone Cold's not physically putting the hops in. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. He's not, he's not in the brewery for 12 hours, like yeah. carrying bags, 50 pound bags of hops up a ladder. <laughs> That'd be dope if he was though. I'd be like, oh shit, I'm buying every can I see. <laughs> right. And for the longest time it was only available in uh, the traditional 22 ounce bomber but mm. now it's in a 16 ounce four packs or singles depending on where you go yeah. which is better for traveling i'd say in a can yeah or you know tailgating or the beach mm -hmm. absolutely mm. or public just walking down the street <laughs> brown bag that shit folks <laughs> yes <laughs> or you know what everybody is carrying around like hydro flasks yeah oh. 
that's that's like, you don't even have to work anymore to be an undercover alcoholic. Like <laughs> <laughs> everyone's just like, dude, that guy is hydrating more than anybody I've ever seen. <laughs> Which uh, I ended up buying like a thirty-two ounce non-marked crowler-looking hydro flask, mm-hmm. and that was my goal was to take it to like the OC fair yeah. and just buy the beer there and just so I don't have to worry about like drinking it when it's a hundred degrees outside. <laughs> Am I red now? L- you got a little color, do you? Right. But it's not bad, actually. Yeah. Maybe it's the Pepsi. Did it there you go. There you go. <laughs> yes. Uh, this podcast brought to you by Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got a pregame. <laughs> <laughs> you got a pregame before you pregame. <laughs> yeah, I think I, since I'm uh, picking up a bit of color, maybe we should have called it now. Yes. Okay, there before we go. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, so Danny, where can they find you? Do you have anything to plug? Um, yes, I have a podcast, uh, We Are Adults, question mark, <laughs> show, brought to you by Hoppyhead Productions. Um, we are on uh, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, not the Twitters. Um, we do have an untapped under Hoppyhead Productions. Uh, go ahead and follow us on those. Uh, you can see what beers we're drinking, what uh, other nerdy stuff we're into. Awesome. Um, we have a podcast. We're on a Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever it's called now. I don't know, man. I'm I'm starting <laughs> to feel old with like the way they're like everything keeps changing. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Justin? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Justin Malari, on Twitter at Justin underscore Malari, and I host another show for the Geek Say What Network called Geek Offensive. All right. You can find me on Instagram at Brainiac the MC. That's Brainiac with a K. I'm gonna try to get through these reads without slurring. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I feel fine, but I don't know. See, now you know what I go through on the offensive. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, see, this is how Justin knows that I don't really drink, is when I'm on his show, he doesn't usually bring beer. Because I always, nah, no, I don't drink. <laughs> um, first off, special thanks to our executive producer, JPG, owner of the Geek Say What Network. Fuck that guy. Can I do it this time? <laughs> yes, you can. Hashtag political hit. <laughs> Shout out to Paws of the Homegrown Blends <laughs> crew for our theme music and Vincent Collier for the PNG artwork. Thank you to our official sponsor, Doe and Arrow, a female-owned cookie and coffee shop in Costa Mesa. Uh, they're located at 3033 Bristol, and you can find them on Instagram at Doe and Arrow. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at PNG Podcast. I made it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this will come out a little bit later, but uh, happy birthday to Elaine. Hey, happy yes, birthday, happy birthday. Yeah. And uh good luck in parts unknown. <laughs> good luck finding the Undertaker. Peace. Oh.